Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition at J jcim.net 1j jcim.net and uh, if you mouse over the the top menu where it says online edition you will see the link to read ACIMOE also available on the website is a link to receive a daily email which contains both the text reading and the lesson for the day. <clears throat> My name is Lemoyne Castle and uh, <laughs> this and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, um, from about 9.15 or so to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This morning, we're continuing with Chapter 21, The Inner Picture, with Section 3, The Responsibility for Sight. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, Lesson 235, God in his mercy wills that I be saved. And this morning, uh, Fran is occupied, I think, caring for her brother. So uh, we will ask for a volunteer to lead us in that remembrance. And uh, you know, if not now, it's the top of the hour. Okay, let me ask you this, Lori. Do you have a poetic opening for the call this morning? Oh, I sure do, Lamorne. I'm glad you asked. Uh, there's a book of poetry called Susceptible to Light by Shaylin Harkin. Uh, most of it, if not all, is uh, rooted deeply in the Course of Miracles. But there's a poem in there called I'm Yours. And it goes like this, God, this is another tattered heart prayer. And my work is to remember that you accept this kind of currency. I had closed myself off to you for so long, waiting to arrive in fashionable robes, impress you a bit, and wait to get rich enough to display handfuls of gold to you. Huh. I thought you'd like it better that way. Can we sit on the floor and laugh together about this now? Of course, you never wanted any of that, but just for me to grow into the honesty of my heart, like sweetness into a plum, and bring myself to you tangled, but entire, and say, quote, God in robes or rags, I'm yours. Amen. Thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you. Yes, it was. 
Thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Loved it. Where's Pat these days, I wonder? Patricia, I mean. Hmm. Where's the boy? Lemoyne is here and uh, says, uh, apologize if I've made a hash of this, but here's what I've got for the reading list. I've got Lori and uh, Robin Marie, Jennifer, uh, Karen, um, Harrison, do you want to read? Are you listening? I'll read. Okay. Harrison, Lana, Sandra, and Jessica. And listening, I have Ida, Judy, and Wendy. So, any corrections that are needed there, <laughs> please just let me know. And if anyone else has joined us and wants to either to say good morning or join the reading list, also let me know. Okay. All right, well, I will get us started then in Chapter 21. The Inner Picture, Section 3, The Responsibility for Sight. (laughs) We have repeated how little is asked of you to learn this course. It is the same small willingness you need to have everything... uh, Excuse me. It is the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy little gift you offer the Holy Spirit for which he gives you everything, the very little on which salvation rests, the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. And being true, it is so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. Rejected, yes, but not ambiguous. And if you choose against it now, it will not be because it is obscure, but rather that this little cost seemed in your judgment to be too much to pay for peace. Good morning. Would you like me to read 13 as well as 14, or vice versa, 14 as well as 15? Um, yes, read 13 through 15. We'll cover the highlighted okay, okay. three times. Yeah, thank you. Okay, great. Okay, so chapter 21, the inside picture section three, the responsibility for sight. We have repeated how little is asked of you to, to learn this course. It is the same small willingness you need to have your whole relationship transformed to joy. 
the little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit, for which he gives you everything, the very little on which salvation rests, the tiny change of mind by which the crucifixion is changed to resurrection. And being true, it is so simple that it cannot fail to be completely understood. Rejected, yes, but not ambiguous. And if you choose against it now, it will not be because it is obscure, but rather that this little cost seemed in your judgment to be too much to pay for peace. 14. This is the only thing that you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations, for here the power of salvation lies. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feelings I experience, and I decided on the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I asked for and received as I had asked. Well, thank you, Lori. And Robin Marie, would you read 14 through 16? Sure will. <clears throat> 14. This is the only thing that you need do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin, all to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservations. For here the power of salvation lies. I am responsible for what I see. I chose the feelings I experience, and I decided on the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I asked for and received as I had asked. 16. Deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge but that you have been mistaken, and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jennifer, would you read from Say Only This through 17? All right. This is the only thing that you need to do for vision, happiness, release from pain, and the complete escape from sin. All to be given you. Say only this, but mean it with no reservation. For here the power of salvation lies. I am responsible for what I see. I choose the feeling I experienced, and I decided on the goal I would achieve, and everything that seems to happen to me, I asked for and received as I had asked. Deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge but that you have been mistaken and all effects of your mistakes will 
disappears. It is impossible the Son of God be merely driven by events outside of Him. It is impossible that the happenings that come to Him were not His choice. His power of decision is the determinant of every situation in which He seems to find Himself by chance or accident. No accident nor chance is possible within the universe as God created it, outside of which is nothing. Suffer, and you decided sin was your goal. Be happy, and you gave the power of decision to him who must decide for God for you. This is the little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit, and even he gave to you to give yourself. For by this gift is given you the power to release your Savior that he may give salvation unto you. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen, did you read 17, 18? 17. It is impossible the Son of God be merely driven by events outside of him. It is impossible that the happenings that come to him were not his choice. His power of decision is the determiner of every situation in which he seems to find himself by chance or accident. No accident nor chance is possible within the universe as God created it, outside of which is nothing. Suffer, and you decided sin was your goal. Be happy, and you gave the power of decision to him who must decide for God for you. This is the little gift you offer to the Holy Spirit, and even this he gave to you to give yourself. For by this gift is given you the power to release your Savior, that he may give salvation unto you. 18. Begrudge not, then, this little offering. Withhold it, and you keep the world as you see it now. Give it away, and everything you see goes with it. Never was so much given for so little. In the holy instant is this exchange affected and maintained. Here is the world you do not want brought to the one you do. And here the one you do is given you because you want it. Yet for this, the power of your wanting must first be recognized. You must accept its strength and not its weakness. You must perceive that what is strong enough to make a world can let it go and can accept correction if it is willing to see that it was wrong. Thank you, Karen. And Harrison. 18. Because not then this little offering 
withhold this and you keep the world as now you see it. Give it away and everything you see goes with it. Never was so much given for so little. In against is this exchange affected and maintained. Here is the world you do not want brought to the one you do. And here the one you do is given you because you wanted it. Yet for this, the power of your wanting must first be recognized. You must accept its strength and not its weakness. You must perceive that what is strong enough to make a world can let it go and can accept correction if it is willing to see that it was wrong. 19. The world you see is but the idle witness that you were right. The witness, this witness, is insane. You trained it in its testimony and as it gave it back to you, you listened and convinced yourself that what it saw was true. You did this to yourself. See only this, and you will also see how circular the reasoning on which your quote-unquote seeing rests. This was not given you. This was your gift to you and to your brother. Be willing, then, to have it taken from him and be replaced with truth. And as you look upon the change in him, it will be given you to see it in yourself. Thank you, Harrison. And Lana. Okay, 19. The world you see is but the idle witness that you were right. This witness is insane. You trained it in its testimony, and as it gave it back to you, you listened and convinced yourself that what it saw was true. You did this to, you did this to yourself. See only this, and you will also see how circular the reasoning on which your, in quotes, seeing rests. This was not given you. This was your gift to you and to your brother. Be willing then to have it taken from him and be replaced with truth. 
And as you look upon the change in him, it will be given you to see it in yourself. 20. Perhaps you do not see the need for you to give this little offering. Look closer then at what it is and very simply see in it the whole exchange of separation for salvation. All that the ego is, is an idea that it is possible that things should happen to the Son of God without his will, and thus without the will of his Creator, whose will cannot be separate from its from his own. Thank you, Lana and Sandra. 20. Perhaps you do not see the need for you to give this little offering. Look closer then at what it is and very simply see in it the whole exchange of separation for salvation. All that the ego is is an idea that it is possible that things should happen to the Son of God without his will and thus without the will of his Creator, whose will cannot be separate from his own. 21. This is the Son of God's replacement for his will, a mad revolt against what must forever be. This is the statement that he has the power to make God powerless and so take it for himself and leave himself without what God has willed for him. This is the mad idea you have enshrined upon your altars and which you worship. And anything which threatens this seems to attack your faith, for here is it invested. Think not that you are faithless, for your belief and trust in this is strong indeed. Thank you, Sandra and Jessica. <clears throat> 21. This is the Son of God's replacement for his will, a mad revolt against what must forever be. This is the statement that he has the power to make God powerless, and so to take it for himself and leave himself without what God has willed for him. This is the mad idea you have enshrined upon your altars and which you worship, and anything which threatens this seems to attack your faith, for here is it invested. Think not that you are faithless, for your belief and trust in this is strong indeed. 22. The Holy Spirit can give you faith in holiness, I mean, yes, holiness and vision to see it easily enough. But you have not left open and unoccupied the altar where the gifts belong. Where they should be, you have set up your idols to something else. This other will, which seems to tell you what must happen, you gave reality. And what would show you otherwise must therefore seem unreal 
All that is asked of you is to make room for truth. You are not asked to make or do what lies beyond your understanding. All you are asked to do is let it in. Only to stop your interference with what will happen of itself. Simply to recognize again the presence of what you thought you gave away. Thank you, Jessica. And is there a new reader for 22 and 23? I can do it, Lemoyne. Okay, please do, Judy. 22. The Holy Spirit can give us faith and holiness and vision to see it easily enough. But we have not left open and unoccupied the altar where the gifts belong, where they should be. We have set up our idols to something else. This other will, which seems to tell us what must happen, we gave reality. And what would show us otherwise must therefore seem unreal. All that is asked of us is to make room for truth. We are not asked to make or to do what lies beyond our understanding. All we are asked to do is to let it in, only to stop our interference with what will happen of itself, simply to recognize again the presence of what we thought we gave away. 23. Be willing for an instant to leave our altars free of what we placed upon them, And what is really here, we cannot fail to see. The holy instant is not an instant of creation, but of recognition. For recognition comes of vision and suspended judgment. Then only is it possible to look within and see what must be here plainly in sight and wholly independent of inference, inference, and judgment. Undoing is not our task, but it is up to us to welcome it, or not. Faith and desire go hand in hand, for everyone believes in what he wants. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 23 and 24? Another new reader? Okay, back to you, Lori. 23. Be willing for an instant to leave your altars free of what you placed upon them. And what is really there, you cannot fail to see. The holy instant is not an instant of creation, but of recognition. For recognition comes of vision and suspended judgment. Then only is it possible to look within 
and see what must be there plainly in sight and wholly independent of interference and judgment. Undoing is not your task, but it is up to you to welcome it or not. Faith and desire go hand in hand, for everyone believes in what he wants. 24. We've already said that wishful thinking is how the ego deals with what it wants to make it so. There is no better demonstration of the power of wanting, and therefore faith, to make its goals seem real and possible. Faith in the unreal leads to adjustments of reality to make it fit the goal of madness. The goal of sin induces the perception of a fearful world to justify its purpose. What you desire, you will see. And if its reality is false, you will uphold it by not realizing all the adjustments you have introduced to make it so. Thank you, Lori. And Robin Murray? Twenty-four. We have already said that wishful thinking is how the ego deals with what it wants to make it so. There is no better demonstration of the power of wanting and therefore of faith to make its goals seem real and possible. Faith in the unreal leads to adjustments of reality to make it fit the goal of madness. The goal of sin induces the perception of a fearful world to justify its purpose. What you desire, you will see, and if its reality is false, you will uphold it by not realizing all the adjustments you have introduced to make it so. 25. When vision is denied, confusion of cause and effect becomes inevitable. The purpose now becomes to keep obscure the cause of the effect and make effect appear to be a cause. The seeming independence of effect enables it to be regarded as standing by itself and capable of serving as a cause of the events and feelings its maker thinks it causes. Long ago, we spoke of your desire to create your own creator and be father and not son to capital H, him. This is the same desire. The capital S, son, is the effect whose capital C cause he would deny. And so he seems to be the cause, producing real effects. Nothing can have effects without a cause. And to confuse the two is merely to fail to understand them both. Thank you, Robin Murray. Jennifer. 25. When vision is denied, confusion of cause and effect becomes inevitable. The purpose now becomes to keep obscure the cause of the effect and make effect appear to be a cause. This seeming independence of effect enables it to be regarded as standing by itself and capable and capable of serving as the cause of the events and feelings its makers thinks it causes. 
Long ago, we spoke of your desire to create your own creator and be father and not son to him. This is the same desire. The son is the effect whose cause he would deny. And so he seems to be the cause, producing real effects. Nothing can have effects without a cause, and to confuse the two is merely to fail to understand them both. 26. It is, a, it is as needful that you recognize you made the world you see as that you recognize that you did not create yourself. They are the same mistake. Nothing created, not by your creator, has any influence over you. And if you think what you have made can tell you what you see and feel and place your faith in its ability to do so, you are denying your creator and believing that you made yourself For if you think the world you made has power to make you what it wills, you are confusing son and father, effect and source, path. Thank you, Jennifer. And Karen? 26. It is as needful that you recognize you made the world you see is that you recognize that you did not create yourself. They are the same mistake. Nothing created not by your creator has any influence over you. And if you think what you have made can tell you what you see and feel and place your faith in its ability to do so, you are denying your creator and believing that you made yourself. For if you think the world you made has power to make you what it wills, you are confusing son and father, effect and source. 27. The son's creations are like his father's, yet in creating them, the son does not delude himself that he is independent of his source. His union with it is the source of his creating. Apart from this, he has no power to create, and what he makes is meaningless. It changes nothing in creation, depends entirely upon the madness of its maker, and cannot serve to justify the madness. Your brother thinks he made the world with you. Thus, he denies creation. With you, he thinks the world he made made him. Thus, he denies he made it. Thank you, Karen. And Harrison. 27. The son's creations are like his father's. Yet, in creating them, the Son does not delude himself that he is independent of his source. His union with it 
is the source of his creating. Apart from this, he has no power to create. And what he makes is meaningless. It changes nothing in creation, depends entirely upon the madness of its maker, and cannot serve to justify the madness. Your brother thinks he made the world with you. Thus, he denies creation. With you, he thinks the world he made, made him. Thus, he denies he made it. 28. Yet the truth is, yet the truth is, you were both created by a loving Father who created you together and as one. See what quote-unquote proves otherwise and you deny your whole reality. But grant that everything that seems to stand between you keeping you from each other and separate from your father, you made in secret. And the instant of release has come to you. All its effects are gone because its source has been uncovered. It is its seeming independence of its source that kept you prisoner. This is the same delusion that you are independent of the source by which you were created and have never left. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. And uh, Lana, would you conclude with 28? I had to come outside, so I hope you can hear me okay. Um, Yet, this is 28. Yet the truth, let me read the sentence before that. With you, he thinks the world he made, made him. Thus he denies he made it. Yet the truth is, you were both created by a loving Father who created you together and as one. See what, in quotes, proves otherwise, and you deny your whole reality, but grant that everything which seems to stand between you, keeping you from each other and separate from your Father, you made in secret, and the instant of release has come to you. All its effects are gone because its source has been uncovered. It is its seeming independence of its source that kept you prisoner. This is the same delusion 
that you are independent of the source by which you were created and have never left. Thank you, Lana. And uh, I know we've gone just a little past the top of the hour. Um, but let me ask, is there anyone else who would like to read 28? Anyone else who would like to read 28? Okay, well, um, let me ask then, is there someone who's willing to lead us in remembering our lesson this morning, lesson 235? Good morning, good morning, it's Karen, I can do it. You would like to read the lesson or read the... Yes. Okay, all right, please do so, Karen. Um, First, I'll just review what is... Salvation. Salvation is a promise made by God that you would find your way to him at last. It cannot but be kept. It guarantees that time will have an end and all the thoughts that have been born in time will end as well. God's word is given every mind which thinks it has, that it has separate thoughts and will replace these thoughts of conflict with the thoughts of peace. The thought of peace was given to God's son the instant his mind had thoughts of war. When his mind is split, there is a need of healing. The thought that has the power to heal the split became a fragment, a part of every fragment of the mind which still was one, but failed to recognize its oneness. Salvation is undoing. It does nothing. Failing to support the world of dreams and malice, it lets illusions go. By not supporting them, or what they hid, what, by not supporting them, what they hid is now revealed. An altar to the holy name of God with the gifts of your forgiveness laid before it. Come daily to this holy place and share. Our final dream, a dream in which there is no sorrow. Being born again in new perception, we have come together in the light. Give salvation to the world. Father is remembered. Dreams are done. Eternity has shined away the world. And only heaven now exists at all. Now we will do our lesson. God, lesson 235. God in his mercy wills that I be saved. I need but look upon all things that seem to hurt me and with perfect certainty assure myself God wills that I be saved from this and merely watch them disappear 
I need but keep in my in mind my father's will for me is only happiness. To find that only happiness has come to me, and I need but remember that his love surrounds his son and keeps his sinlessness forever perfect. To be sure that I am saved and safe forever in his arms, I am the son he loves. And I am saved because God in his mercy wills it so. Father, your holiness is mine. Your love created me and made my sinlessness forever part of you. I have no guilt or sin in me, for there is none in you. God in his mercy wills that I be saved. We'll take five minutes.
God in his mercy wills that I be saved. The floor is open. Amen. Thank you, Karen. Thank Thanks, you, Karen. Karen. Thank you, Karen. Beautiful. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Any more thank yous? <laughs> okay. God in his will, God in his mercy wills I be saved. And I ask myself, is it my will too? So how come I'm not happy? If it's my will too, then I should be, I could be happy. I'm not going to should on myself. Um, because I, and if I'm, if I'm not happy, am I willing to at least forgive myself? Because, I'm, because the reason I'm not happy is because I haven't completely forgiven and released the past. And that's just the, the truth of it. So I forgive myself. Because for me, the past seems to come off in layers. I have to feel it. I have to release it in favor of the truth of who I am. Because the past just mirrors the lies of, about how other, what other people defined who I was, not how God defines me. So I'm just so grateful for these lessons because I can go so deeply into depression and into the past and into sadness and into suicidal thoughts in a heartbeat if I don't keep up this practice. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Hey. I was thinking about the altar. We were talking about the altar earlier, the altar to God, and I was thinking about, you know, how we can place one another on that altar. It's almost like we're invisible, and the Holy Spirit, the the force of God's love just shines away everything that 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 we thought we knew about one another. Um, just becomes uh, totally melted away, and and we can see one another as healed and whole and free, and um, that's that's a beautiful altar. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. Thank Marie. you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Ida, did you have something you wanted to say earlier? No, but I will now. <laughs> um, 
Lee used to say, there's a little rhyme that Jesus made in the course. Forgive me, people that were on the first call. But I'm going to share it with you <clears throat> in the text. The memory of God is not far behind. A grateful heart and a thankful mind. I really like that. The grateful, the thankful, and the memory of God, mostly. <laughs> Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Thank you Thanks, again. Ida. Thanks, Ida. Good morning, it's Mindy. It's a rainy day here, and I hear people sharing from the depths of their hearts about some pretty serious stuff here. And um, lately, yeah, I have been believing the opposite of this, that God in his mercy, you know, wishes for me to be saved, and maybe so, but it just feels like um, he's not, and it feels like I'm at the mercy of my neighbors, the cats that I'm trying to take care of, etc. It's a bit of rain here. Sorry if there's in my car here. Um, I just found my neighbor cut down, viciously cut down his lavender lilac tree again. When a tree broke on my neighbor's, um, my neighbor's neighbor's lawn, it was their responsibility to take the logs off and clean up the yard from this humongous branch part of the tree that came down and when they did so the guys that were cutting down that were part of his father's tree service cut down all of the bushes that needed a little trimming and things like that and uh, I thought oh can you cut them down so they would come back more even but he keeps cutting them down and even though I asked him please don't cut down this lilac bush it's right in my view you know when I sit on my porch there he did it again destroyed it He's cut it down four times now. And I just do feel victimized by the guys, the people in, in on the world. So I really, really want to realize that somehow I'm calling this to myself. And since there's a lot of noise, I'm going to say goodbye for now and just say I'm willing to accept that God in his mercy wills that I be saved from this and that when I accept that myself, I will have happy dreams. And no matter what my neighbor does, I will see it as good. Thank you. I'm complete. Amen. Mindy. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Good morning. It's Lana. Um, gosh, the, the, the text reading and also the lesson. Um, just uh, shouts out to me that um, this whole <laughs> situation I find myself in, sometimes it's not too pleasant, is a misidentification of self. It's that confusing confusion of cause and effect. And, um, and I you know, can sometimes forget that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience not the other way around. It's important for me to remember that 
this adventure in um, time and space is is just a little trip, um, an adventure outside of the reality of who I am. And it, I can make of it a heaven or a hell. And that's solely based on remembering the truth of who I am, that I'm an eternal spirit. I never die. I was created from eternity to eternity through God's love, and his will for me is perfect happiness. And I touch base with that. You know, I come home to um, this present moment, which Jesus tells me is the closest approximation we have to eternity. Because if I stand fixed in this present moment, future disappears, the past disappears, and I'm just here and now. And that's in truth where I always am, even though I do some time traveling occasionally, you know, but that's my home base. It's where I heal. It's where I remember who I am. It's where I forgive. It's where I send out miracles. Anything of truth happens in this present moment, whether I realize it or not. Whenever I ask for forgiveness, I bring my focus and attention to this present moment and present with God in the truth of who I am. And that's the only thing I forget when I confuse cause and effect and get tangled up in the effects of my misthinking or my erroneous thoughts. You know, it's, it is very circular. It just goes round and round. I don't get anywhere because I'm not addressing the cause or the source of that decision to focus on effects rather than the cause. Because the cause is the only place where healing can occur. So today's lesson and also the reading reminds me that God is my source that he is my father, he created me, I didn't create him, Um, that authority problem (laughs) has a tendency to creep in when we least expect it, and I can find myself all tangled up in the effects, the story, another way of saying that would be the story surrounding my fear, or the story surrounding my loss of peace. It's not in the story. The story can't give me anything. But God, it's like quicksand. I can get deeper and deeper in the story and forget that only by returning my mind to God in this present moment do I go to the source. And so uh, it's always remembering that Only the mind ever needs to be healed. And as a result of that, the story is healed as well because they're placed in their right positions. And um, I remember who I am. And that really is... and, And Jesus, gosh, he tells us that in just about every chapter of this book, you know, is remembering that the root of everything, of every disease, 
or depression or pain, physical or emotional, emotional, all has a has at its foundation uh, the loss of my memory of who I truly am, um, and that's always taken care of when I bring my mind back to God and join with Him in healing and. And then he does it all for me. <laughs> I just have to have that willingness. And uh, even though sometimes it's challenging, I know that's the road home. I know that if I want truly want peace, I can only find it in union, in unity with God and my brothers. Um, so uh, anyhow, <laughs> that's about it. I'm complete. Thank you for listening. Oh, that was so excellent and thorough. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Thank you, Lana. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lana. Good morning, Miss Harrison. Um, I've been so moved by your share. And Sandra, uh, uh, I extend uh, my love and love of God to you. I uh, really appreciate your willingness and your honesty in uh, your shares. Um, Today's reading and lesson means a lot to me. Um, you know, in uh, the section, I love the whole section. The responsibility for sight is, uh, I think, so important. Um, because it's easy uh, to see that all of my problems are caused by outside forces. Uh, things just seem to happen to me, and I have no responsibility for what seems to be happening to me, uh, be it a car accident or high blood pressure or diabetes. But uh, he says very clearly that I'm responsible for what I see. I choose to feel things. I experience all my feelings. And I decided on the goal I would achieve. And everything that seems to happen to me, I ask for and receive as I had asked. And the next one, I think, is 
important deceive yourself no longer that you are helpless in the face of what is done to you. Acknowledge what you have been, but that you have been mistaken and all effects of your mistakes will disappear. That's taking total and complete responsibility for everything that I perceive. Everything that I think is happening to me. That's a pretty tall order for me. Walked into the doctor's office yesterday and the nurse took my blood pressure and it was sky high. And of course, the nurse and the doctors were all looking for the cause of my high blood pressure. What's causing it to happen? And I bought right into it. Just uh, thinking about all the things I was eating and drinking and uh, blaming myself. Uh, and ultimately thinking I'm helpless. I, I have no control over this. There's nothing I can do to fix this. But he tells me today that I'm responsible for seeing our blood pressure. I chose and choose my reactions to believing that I have high blood pressure. And I can decide differently because everything that seems to happen to me, I am asking for and I receive as I am asked. Now, what the ego would have me do is to go into self-blame and to attack myself for choosing the feelings I experience. But he says in 16, deceive yourself no longer. 
that you would help us in the face of what is done to you. Here is the kicker. Acknowledge but that you have been mistaken and all the facts of your mistakes will disappear. I am mistaken. First, get out my body. That I'm a body. And once I let go of that idea, then whatever seems to be happening to something that I'm not will disappear. God in his mercy wills that I be saved from the belief that I'm a body. Nothing in this world has the power to hurt me, to affect me in any way. And I bring the illusion of that thought system to the truth. And to his correction. God is not fear. God is love. God wills that I be saved from any belief of If God is not fear, if God is love, there is no fear. And I am love. I'm complete. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. you are amazing. God bless you, Harrison. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Harrison. That was just so amazing. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Harrison. Thank, thank you, Harrison. You. I have. Well, I have a. I have a. Does someone else want to share? I. I have um. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay, thanks, Judy. Um, I have a question. So if nothing in this world has the power to hurt me and my ego and body are in this world, that means my own ego and body don't have the power to hurt me either, right? That's my question. Thank you. Karen. Karen. Um, hi, Ida. I was thinking, um, we we get the course in increments, it seems. You know, it settles into us at levels 
all the time. And when Harrison was talking, I was thinking, um, right now maybe I don't feel like I can control the outer world, but I can control part of it, which is the incremental stuff I was talking about. Incrementally, I can control how I interpret it. The Course tells me that I ascribe the meaning to everything that is happening. So if I am the person who ascribes all the meaning, I'm the person who defines what's happening, that's definitely within my control. Um, earlier this morning, I was feeling really impatient and irritated by someone, and I thought, I give this to the Holy Spirit. You know, I wasn't focusing on what that thing was outside of me, but I was saying, okay, I don't like this feeling. I give this feeling to the Holy Spirit. I didn't judge it. I didn't try to fix it. I tried to just accept that that was happening inside of me, that feeling. And then in the next couple of moments, I forgot about it or something shifted and my awareness went somewhere else. But then there was like this energy that came up and I sort of felt like this shaking and this crying inside and this you know I guess a little bit of anger but you know I didn't define it I didn't sit there and analyze it I didn't go into like telling myself a story about it but this shift in energy happened and I think that when we um, let illusions go and just rest in the Holy Spirit then something comes up and it's purified. And that's why the Course says all things interpreted correctly are opportunities for healing. Like if my ego mind jumps in and judges what's happening, I don't get to the healing place. And the other thing was um, it says that I have ascribed all the meaning that this has for me. So I was irritated and criticizing something because I was judging it. I didn't like it. My ego didn't like what was happening, and I'm judging it. Again, that's on me. Now, maybe someday when I'm more evolved and more spiritual, then I'll be able to see this as I can, I can change the, the manifested world. You know, I can make the world um, more peaceful, or I can make people do what I want them to do. <laughs> you know, I mean, my attitude about it, at some point, my aura will go out, my light and love and peace will go out further and further and further, and I'll probably experience less of these conflicts, these these issues. But in the meantime, um, when things arise, in my body has pain, do I judge my pain? Do I try to escape my pain? Do I just offer it to the Holy Spirit on the inner altar? And trust that there's a reason and God has a plan for me and God is in charge of my life and I am home with God, pain or no pain, body or no body. I'm not the body, I'm spirit. The body is just like my car. If my car breaks down, um, you know, I don't have to take it personally and think, oh, God isn't with me anymore because my car broke down. If I'm in physical pain, um, I just think it always it comes back to applying this in the context of how am I interpreting what I'm experiencing? Am I self-identified with it? Do I feel like this is really happening to me? Or can I see it and say, 
interesting. I'm having this emotion arise and just be a witness to it and offer it to the Holy Spirit in trust and patience. Um, I Thank you. I'm complete, and I'm sorry if I talked too long. Oh, not at all. You did not talk too long. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Karen. So Thank you. Yeah, that was lovely. I'm so and thankful. You're not like your car. <laughs> and this is Sandra. I would just say you are completely evolved and completely spiritual. All we're doing here is letting go of what's blocking us. I'm complete. And I have to say thank you to you, Sandra, for that one. <laughs> I know I try not yeah. to thank you. But thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Sandra. You know, I this is Jennifer. Thank you, everyone. This call is just so precious. Um, I, I just want to say that just short, um, sometimes I just need to take a nap, go to bed earlier, but just less is more. And really, um, oh, there's, there I am. Things are coming up for me all of a sudden. I'm just going to really care for myself like a little kid that I really love. And I'm not going to say too much, maybe. I'm just going just gonna to listen to what she needs. And I'm, I'm going to wake up the next day and, um, or... 30 minutes later, but I'm just going to give myself a break from um, the judgment or the fear that's coming up, and I'm going to accept that um, this is not me by giving myself a break. And in that break, I go back to God, and when I come back, I come back as that holy, lovable child not the one that's scared or tired or hungry. And um, so simple. Thank you. I'm complete. God bless you. God bless you. Oh, thank you. You too. Thank you, Jennifer. I used to say that again. Very quickly, I um, I was remembering. I think it was while Harrison was sharing as well. We share that um, I had a lot of trouble with responsibility for sight when I first started practicing Course in Miracles. I think it was um, I with the word responsible uh, for me had all these had like a guilt connotation to it you know, you're responsible. And I was praying one um, morning and, and Jesus gave me another word. He said, ownership. I, you know, when I take ownership of my perceptions, I, I really can't let something go if I don't own it as my own. You know, I, I can't forgive it unless I take well, you could say responsibility or ownership of it. Ownership to me um, tells me I'm powerful 
As a son of God, I'm powerful. I'm a creator. I'm a co-creator. But in my confusion <laughs> um, and mixed up insane minds, I've become a maker of, of uh, guilt and pain and things I really don't want. And I, for, I actually forget I'm so powerful. You know, um, the ego in truth only represents weakness. I mean, it's nothingness showing up as something, but it's really nothing. And um, at some level, I think we know that. And so when I'm attached or functioning or aligned with the ego thought system, that powerlessness um, shows up within me and and I frighten myself. But ownership, that's power. That means that I made this. And if I made a whole world, I can certainly take responsibility for making all the silly things I do in life. But once I own it as my own, that's power. And that means I can let it go. I can release it. And, and that's where um, I think responsibility for sight or ownership of sight really um, frees me because it gives me that power, that power to remember that I'm a co-creator of God, with God, in God, of God. And um, it's only when I misuse this power, this power um, that I run into trouble. And I, and I you know, I, I lose my peace. So I, when I go back and, and remember, you know, again, I heal in the present moment. I re, it's, it's like I'm taking my power back. Responsibility for sight is taking my power back as the owner and co-creator with God. And, and that's a strong, life-affirming um, experience you know, to, to feel that power. Um, and it can only come when I remember who I am as the Son of God. So anyhow, I, I just uh, wanted to share that because it's helped me so much in, in this whole um, arena of responsibility for sight. It doesn't have to be something that's scary or frightening it's where i can get my power back or my awareness of my power because it never leaves me any of us were powerful as creations of god so i'm complete thank you thank you Lana. thank you very much Ida. thank you Lana. i had the same problem sure Thank you, Ida. Yeah, oh boy. um, Good morning, guys. It's Jude. I have uh, been really researching this pain thing, (laughs) as you're all well aware. And I got a few things that I've written down about pain. Pain is a sign, illusions reign in place of truth. And, you know, this is a particularly good lesson for me because the lesson, the first line in the lesson 
talks about what hurts me. And, you know, we've all, all learned that only my our own thoughts can hurt ourselves. And this text reading today expresses our responsibility for for minding my own business, my own thoughts. I do this to myself. And that I, I do this to myself every day. Pain, I have pain every day. Pain is a wrong perspective. When I experience it in any form, it is proof of self-deception. It's not a fact at all. There's no form it takes that will not disappear if it's seen or right. Nothing can hurt me unless I give it the power to do so. And, you know, the text speaks of this reversing um, our belief in what we have power over and what we can give power to. The Course has um, clearly explained to me that I can only believe that I can give power to the body to tell me how I feel. That's a belief, a false belief, that I'm giving the body, which is an effect of my mind, to tell me it's hurting me. So I'm, I'm really looking at this stuff and saying, what's up? You know, help me, God. Help me. Help me. Help me. Um, pain is but the sign I've misunderstood myself. Okay, I'm misunderstanding myself. Um, and then, um, finally, it's for me personally, it's my own thoughts alone that cause me pain. Nothing external to my mind can hurt or injure me in any way. There is no cause beyond myself because I am one with my source, my capital source. He's first cause, and he doesn't cause any pain. So I'm misunderstanding myself. And nothing, there is no cause beyond myself that can reach down and bring oppression. No one but myself affects me, which means causes me to feel. Um, there is nothing in the world that has the power to make me ill or sad, weak or frail. It is but myself who has the power to dominate all things I see by merely recognizing what I am. Do I not see that all my misery comes from the strange belief that I am powerless? I am power. I'm thinking I'm powerless over this pain. Um, and I think this is where the lesson's really taken me today, that I am the Son of God. I am the Son of God, that I have all the power and glory of the love of God in me that I can turn to and say, God, save me from this false belief that I can be hurt in any way because I'm still believing it every day. And this is how I'm going to apply this, this lesson today. But I have to accept the responsibility that I am doing this to myself I must perceive the power of my want to be healed, that I want to be healed, that I want to be saved. And um, 
one more thing, that I want to look around the world and see all the suffering and pain there. And my heart is willing to bring all my weary brothers rest. But they must await my own release, my own release from my belief in pain and suffering and that it's God's will for me. It's not God's will for me. God's will for me is that I'm perfectly happy, joyous, and free. All my brothers and sisters must await my own release, and they stay in chains until I am free. It's my responsibility. That's my, my part in the atonement. I have to deal with my curriculum, my pain, my suffering, and not project it on the world. I don't have to, I just share the fact that we all believe in pain, we all believe in suffering. And my part is to take it to God, ask him to release me from my false illusions that I believe I'm a body, that I believe I can suffer pain, that I believe I can be depressed, that I believe in suffering at all in any shape, way, form, color, appearance, what seems to be. Appearances, perception is deception. What do I want to see today? I want to see a world free of pain and suffering today. Join with me, my mighty companions. <laughs> oh, let's all, we all heal as one. Amen, I'm complete. Sounds like a light worker pledge. Thank you, Judy. What, what Judy Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. So, I, I was getting this morning that I'm a very powerful person. But I'm like asking the same thing that some of you are asking, like then why... If I'm a very powerful person, why can't I channel that energy into my physical body to, to get up and do things and exercise and do housework and take care of my cat better and all these things like that, you know? So, I mean, it's gotten to the point where um, I'm planning to move into an assisted living center pretty soon. And, uh, but I'm still a very powerful person because somehow... You know, I'll say that thing that New Age people have liked to say for a while. I created this. But, I mean, the Course doesn't use that particular word, created, but he's telling us the same thing. But not to feel guilty about it. Not to feel, not to beat myself up about it. Because there's something, there's some ministry that I'll, I'll have to perform at just by being my real self at the at the center where I go to live, you know, there's a reason I'm supposed to be there, not just because what happened to my physical body, but for many other reasons, God can use me in that situation, in that place with those people. Um, I'm sure of it, and uh, I know you all wish me the best. And um, anyway, it's been said here what Judy said, for instance, explaining it, what Harrison said, explained it, so I don't have to go and explain it all over again, but you know what the Course says and what we're learning here, and uh, 
I know it too. <laughs> Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. Oh, bless you, Ida. Thank you. Oh, that was lovely. Yes, thank you, Ida. I, um, you know, in the 18th paragraph, um, it talks about giving this little offering of willingness to identify with the voice of God in me, to talk to the Holy Spirit and say, I am the Son of God. I can depend and rely upon God. I can trust and have faith in God. I believe that be happy. And um, that I, I um, you know, have to be disciplined in, in watching my thoughts and um, that the ego is invested in listening to the pain and the complaints I have about the comfort and the safety of my body. That's what the ego is constantly busy doing to my thinking. It's all the ego's activity in the mind. It's all about what the body's doing, the comfort of the body, the safety of the body freeing the body from the pain. But I have to step back from the body, recognize the body for what it is. It's neutral. The body can't tell me how I feel, and the body can't tell me who I am. I am not limited to the body. I am spirit. I am purely mind. I need to heal. recognize the healing is of the mind, and it's of my spirit. I need to restore my mind to the mind of God, to my unity and my wholeness and my happiness. That's why this decide to be happy, I have to decide to be happy irregardless what's external in my external situations and circumstances, where I'm living, how much money I have, how my body feels is all external, is irrelevant to my spirit. My spirit's free of all that. It's completely free of all that. It doesn't need my body. It doesn't need my house. It doesn't need anything or want anything. And I think that's the importance. Um, The text points to the power of what it is I want. Do I want the truth? Do I want to know who I really am? Or do I want comfort and and freedom from discomfort in the body? The pleasure-pain principle. Am I attached to the drama, ego drama and story of being in a body? I have to let that all go. That's what I have to let go. The story of my past, everything I think I am, all that I think I believe I am, you know, all the attributes and all the, all the faults and character defects I have, all the, that I can't contribute to the body. We've just read that in the text recently. The attributes of God cannot be assigned to the body because we're formless and changeless. To 
let the body go. I am not the body. And in order to, to be free of it, I can open my mind and my heart and let the thinking, all that kind of thinking go and sit and be still and let the truth come to me, return to me, be restored to me. Because i got to get rid of all that egoic thinking. That's what i got to just simply forget in order to remember better who and what I am. And all these things become meaningless. And all these kinds of problems my ego would make, make not, they're not created by God, would make up. They're made up. I can let them go. So the world I see is but idle witness that I was right. I am a body. I have problems. This witness is insane. I trained it in its testimony. The testimony is believing in the sensorial expressions of pain as it gave it back to me. I'm believing it can tell me who and what I am. The ego is trained in its testimony, and we listen to it and convince ourselves that what it saw was true. It's false. I don't believe it. I won't believe it. It did this. I did this to myself. See only this. And you will also see the circular reasoning on which the perceptual body eyes, quote-unquote, seeing rest. This was not given to me by God. This was our gift to myself and to you, my brother. And we're sharing in this blindness, believing that we're bodies, dreaming up this world of pain, sickness, suffering, and death. It's a huge illusion, but I have to undo it in myself first. And that's the power and the glory that I go to in my true identification of my true self. I am the Son of God. And I have to see it in myself before I can purely perceive it in anyone else because I'm just going to... As I see myself, I see you. As I think of myself, I think of you. As I perceive myself, I perceive you. As I feel and experience myself, I feel and perceive you. You know, this whole idea of false sense of empathy comes from that. We're fueling each other's false sense of perception of ourselves. So I'm going to sympathize with you when you're suffering in the dream. I'm making the dream real to me. We have to get back, back behind and witness, be the knower with the I am purely vision, see ourselves with the vision of Christ, how Christ would see me through the eyes of forgiveness. This need not be. This is not true. I'm doing this to myself. Relax. Who's in charge? What's real? What's true? What's happy? What's joyous? What's free? This is huge stuff. Huge. Oh, be at peace. Be at one with me. Let's heal together today. Let's be... Speed up the celestial change in, in being transparent. Transparent awareness. Christ consciousness itself today. Amen. I've talked long enough.
God bless you all. I love you. I'm complete. Love you too, Judy. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning. It's Karen. I just want to say um, I can't stay on the phone all day. I mean, sorry about that. I, I didn't mean to say that with attitude. I was just wondering if Lori or um, Lemoyne had something to share, especially like maybe a recap, Lemoyne, if you wanted to do that. Or Lori, I'd just love to hear what this Holy Spirit is giving you to say today. I'm complete. Oh, that's utterly sweet. And, you know, I'll make mine real quick. Uh, I have the problem that Lana voiced so well about um, responsibility for sight being um, the notion of karmic retribution. You know, the ego has a has a real solid footing in karmic retribution that if somebody says I'm responsible for what I see, well, um, you made your bed, you know, is the way the ego reads that. Um, but the other night, uh, I talked about it briefly yesterday, I had this experience where uh, my peace was lost and um, circumstances were such that I didn't like at all. And I lay there, you know, really, really, really disturbed, um, tossing and turning. And the question finally rose in my mind, exactly who is responsible for how I feel, <laughs> you know? And all the restlessness and, and the disturbance was a consequence of I could not decide whose fault it was for the way I felt. And isn't that just what he's talking about here? Um, in the ego story, everyone fights for the role of who's the greatest victim. You know, ego story is I'm always the victim of you, of the world, of uh, cause outside myself. When I, when I finally realized uh, I was trying to find someone to blame for my feelings, it became so easy to let it go um, because the simple realization is that um, feelings are a consequence of thoughts. And if I'm having mistaken thoughts, um, feelings I don't like will arise. And those feelings will define my experience until I realize that um, I had a mistaken thought. The word correct is what this all turns on for me in um, responsibility for sight. Back in chapter 2, he says, only mind can create. Only mind can create. The soul is already perfect. The body has no inherent ability to correct anything or make anything or create anything. So correction, he says, always belongs at the mind level. How willing am I to be wrong? Oh my God in heaven, I'm so willing to be wrong when I experience myself as a victim. I'm so willing to be wrong when I'm looking so hard to find someone to blame for my feelings. Um, it becomes really easy to escape 
the world I made when I realized that I had a mistaken thought. A thought, a thought I didn't want, a thought I didn't think was God. Please correct me. I'm so glad to be wrong. I don't know what I did. You know, Karen, when you said, I've given everything I see, all the meaning that it has for me, that's what this turns on. It turns on this um, responsibility for sight. I can have illusion, all the things that cause me pain, or I can recognize God in his mercy wills I be saved from my mistakes of thought. That's all. Just that, that's all. The secret of salvation is but this. You did this to yourself. <laughs> you are doing this. It is this I would undo. And the only other thing I wanted to say about this was the power of your wanting. Um, you know, he says, prepare, prepare you not for the undoing of what never was. If you already understood what the atonement was, there'd be no need for it. In paragraph uh, 23, it states quite clearly that in the holy instant, all this is done for you. Communication of truth is restored. So when I make these mistakes that disturb me so badly, and I will make them, I'll make them, and I'll make them, and I'll make them again. He says, Holy Spirit will bring this to your attention over and over and over and over again until you finally realize that you made this and you can let it go. And it's as simple as realizing no one else is responsible for what I think. The world is not responsible for how I feel. No one is responsible for what I see except me because I've given all the meaning that this has for me. This mind like a camera that goes around snapping pictures and judging everything um, is not what I want. It's not what I want. I want the value. I want the beauty. I want the worth. I want the simplicity. I want the love. I want the joy. I want the peace of God. He says, Prayers and devotions in the altar are not things. They're devotions. What am I devoted to? What do I want? And the power of my wanting will correct everything because it's the power of the Son of God. So you have a holy relationship because you made a decision. You wanted to be holy. Yes, that's what I want. I do. I want that. And from that point of view, it's easy to recognize my mistakes. That God in his mercy wills I be saved from. Oh, correct me, Father. Correct me wherever I'm wrong. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. That was just amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful and worth the wait. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. Hi, sure don't want to be miserable today. Love your clarity and simplicity. Thank you, Laurie. Lemoyne? 
<laughs> yeah, thank you, Lori. Um, yeah, I got a, a real sense of uh, today, and and I have not tracked everything, but I, I mean, I just wanted to make sure that everyone had the chance with this. This is, uh, you know, I don't know that any one part of the course is more important than another, but this one does come through as central and people hold it as such. So it's, uh, um, it is that, and it is about perception. And, uh, and, you know, we have, perceptions about perceptions where is where we get lost I think and so I I just have been thinking all morning to return to the first paragraph in this chapter because it's he always not always but just about every chapter he he brings the, some straight stuff there and so I just want to read that and maybe unfold it a little bit and context of this section. So from 21, the inner picture introduction, projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it. What you gave what? I think the world or ourselves. The world you see, and I think the body as well, how we see it is what we give it. Nothing more than that. But though it's nothing more than that, it is not less. It's what we gave it. Therefore, it is important, right? These are important to us. And I think, you know, this is this is where we actually are. You know, kind of... Someone made the point earlier of divine beings having a human experience. Thinking of it that way, it's you know, the body and the world are there, um, but what of it is real is, becomes the question. <clears throat> and and so, it, you know, these things are important to us because they witness to our state of mind, the outside picture of an inward condition. As, as a man thinketh, so does he perceive. Therefore, seek not to change the world, but will to change your mind about the world. And you know, stated often in this course, it's like a line, the will is, alignment of the will is one description of the method of salvation. And the reading today is like, let it go. <laughs> You know, let the Holy Spirit decide for God for you. And understand that perception, you know, anytime the perception seems to call for fear or judgment, perception is a result, it's not a cause. I think, you know, that call for fear and judgment, we've already put there. We've already projected it. And that's the perception that makes I'm sorry the projection that makes perception a result not a cause but this, that is why order of difficulty in miracles is meaningless everything looked upon with vision 
is healed and holy. And nothing perceived without vision means anything. And where there is no meaning, there is chaos. So, um, the escape from the, the struggle to try and thread away, thread thread our way through a world of threat is to recognize is not really there and we're projecting it and I know for me it's like uh, like I don't want to choose I want to pretend the world is making me choose something but you know it's much better just to let go and in that case to let you seeing a conflict within, without, all over the place. Just let it go. And uh, let the Holy Spirit choose for God, for me. You know, as Jennifer said, sometimes with rest, it all becomes much clearer. <laughs> and it's easy to escape this damnation, which is just self-judgment and uh, trying to trap ourselves in a world that is not really that really and truly there, although we humans have worked really hard at projecting it. So the answer, as always, is salvation is simple. It's like recognize, like today's lesson, God in his mercy wills that I be saved. And from what? It's like my own confusion. That's it. So I'm complete. And I think it's, we've gone over, but I'll end the call here. Or Sorry, not the call, the recording here. And so thank you all that have been here and shared and listening. <laughs> We're here every thank weekday. You. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, everyone. Awesome oh. summary. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, everyone. Beautiful call.